Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. like to speak to you from out of the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2 and um, verses 5 to 11 and I've, I've titled this message, Kneel at the Name. Kneel at the Name of Jesus. I've, God's been speaking to me for this last week about the name of Jesus, how precious is the name of Jesus. Some of those old gospel songs come back, Jesus your name is like honey on my lips, who knows that? Yeah, Jesus, just the mention of your name. Uh, Well, I wake up singing it and my dog loves it because he comes and licks my face. Yeah, I digress, but there you go. Let me read. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the wonderful time of worship that we've just had. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this house. We thank you, Holy Spirit, and welcome you into our hearts in a fresh way today that you would work within us, Lord God, as your word comes forth. Father, I pray that you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer, Lord, that each one of us would go home feeling, feeling you more, knowing you more, loving you more, understanding you more and really understanding the purpose that each one of us has been born for. God, that you would draw us deeper into relationship with you as, as I unpack a couple of things today that you've been showing me, Father God. And Lord, I promise to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honour because Lord, it's all about you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Here we see is a wonderful passage of scripture, and some of you may be very familiar with it, but it also talks about the two natures of Christ, his divine nature and his human nature. His divine nature, who being in the form of God, Philippians 2.6, and it's partaking, he partakes of the divine nature as the eternal and the begotten God. There's a little bit of theology here, but I need to unpack it so that we can build a foundation on it. The only begotten Son of God, only one Son, begotten of the Father. And that's also mirrored in John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the living Word. Colossians 1.15, the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Jesus was the express image of the person of God. Hebrews 1.3, 
He thought it of no robbery to be equal with God. He did not think himself guilty of any invasion of what did not belong to him or assuming another's right. In other words, Jesus took on board all the divinity as he came down and took on the person of humanity. And in John 10.30 said, I and my Father are one. And then we look at his human nature just quickly. He was made in the likeness of men. He was really and truly a man. He wasn't a spirit that floated in. He came. He was born in the flesh, in a stable. He took part of becoming humanity. He took of flesh and blood and he appeared in the nature and manner of man except one huge exception. He was sinless. Sinless. And he took it on board because he wanted to walk in obedience to the Father but he did it by his own act and by his own consent. We didn't have a choice whether we were going to walk in the spirit or the flesh because we were born in the flesh when our parents gave birth to us. But Jesus emptied himself and divested himself of all the honour and the glory in heaven and took upon himself humanity. He clothed himself in humanity. Can you imagine what that must have felt like, laying aside his glory and his power and took on the form that we take and we stand in today. He was in all things like to us, Hebrews 2.17. Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren. And that was the reason. He had to be made merciful and the faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people that he could identify with what we were going through. To pay the price for us. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted. And he, because he was tempted, is able to aid those of us that are struggling with things as well. So God highly exalted him. And that exaltation was the reward of the humiliation that Jesus took upon himself. He took upon himself the death on the cross. As a sinless lamb of God. And because of that, because he did that, he died three days in the grave and then he was resurrected. And because he lives, we know we've got that eternal life, that resurrection life in him. But as I looked at this passage of scripture, I wondered about the humility that Jesus showed. And I wondered, and I'm reflecting on myself because I don't point the finger at anyone, but I wondered about my humility how humble am I? How humble are we? Do we take on board the servant heart of Jesus in our daily walk? Do we serve the passion that God places in our hearts for Jesus? Do we walk as servants and esteem each other higher than ourselves? Do we look for the common good rather than the personal good? You see, Jesus took upon himself that human flesh, but he became as a servant. And he said in one passage of scripture, he who wants to be greatest must become as a servant. That's humility. That's true humility. And I'm sure we all have moments of it. But he's our example, isn't he? His whole life was a life of 
humiliation. He had nowhere to lay his head. He had nowhere to call home. Heaven was home. But while he walked this earth for 33 years, he didn't call any place home. Isaiah 53 says he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And he was acquainted with the grief of life that he saw before him. But the greatest humiliation was when he died on the cross for us. What we see as humiliation was actually the greatest victory that's ever, ever been wrought. He said, I have power to lay down my life and I have power to take it again. This commandment I have received of my father, John 10, 18. He chose to do that. And in this passage of scripture, there's so much emphasis placed on the, on the death on the cross. Galatians 4.4 4 says, cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. The, the death on the cross full of pain, and Dana touched on it as well. The body nailed through all the, the parts of the body that, all the hands, the feet, you know, the, the crown of thorns on his head. He did it all for us, hanging there and being cursed upon that tree. And in that moment when he was hanging on that tree, the father turned away because Jesus took on himself all of the sin of the world, all the sin that was ever created, ever ever committed, every sin that is going to be committed. And he took it upon himself. And because God is a holy God, he couldn't look at that sin. He couldn't look at his son. And in that moment, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22. And he said, you know, in that moment, he felt the presence of God leave him. And yet it was necessary for that to happen so that the price would be paid for all of us. And what an example of humility and sacrifice that is for each one of us. That we, if we live our lives for the purpose of God as servants in the kingdom with that humility, what a powerful impact we can make. What an impact we can make on our world. What our lives might look like if we fully surrender to God and allow him to work through us. We talk about kneeling at the name. We talk about the confidence we have in the name of Jesus. As we use the name of Jesus according to the word and in the power of the spirit, we can tap into that power that the apostles used to shake the world, to impact their world, to bring the change in their world. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can ask he will answer. John 14.13-14, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 15, verse 16. Jesus is talking to the disciples. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. John 16, 23, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. But the purpose is to bear fruit. Go and bear fruit. And then as you're bearing the fruit, whatever you ask in his name, he will give you. So it's not that whatever we ask for, we want a brand new Mercedes Benz or we want the latest iPad. If we're doing it for the kingdom, if we're bearing fruit through it, then he will answer that prayer. He will give it to us if we're asking 
in the name of Jesus. I always pray in the name of Jesus. I was taught right from day one when I first gave my heart to the Lord that whatever you ask, ask in the name of Jesus. If you're asking according to the word, he will give it. If you're not, you'll be on a red light. You won't get it. And he will soon teach us what we need to do. But it's the purpose to bear fruit, to do the things that God wants us to do in our world. And the power of prayer in the name of Jesus is incredible, absolutely incredible. The name of Jesus on our lips is the same as if Jesus were actually physically present with us because when we speak Jesus, we're calling on the power of the Holy Spirit. When we speak Jesus, we speak the name of Jesus over our circumstances and our situation. We're calling on the one who died for us. We're calling on the power of Jesus to speak into a situation and to break open those situations that in the natural we cannot do. When we call on the name of Jesus and we bring him into our circumstances, every single circumstance in our life, whether it's our shopping list or our budget or the salvation of our family or a death sentence, whatever, we speak Jesus over it and it's the power and the prayer in the name of Jesus that's going to break open your situation always according to his time. Amen? Amen. The name of Jesus on our lips will shake the world. I know because God has put this in my heart to speak the name of Jesus into everything that is part of my world and it's part of your world too. You see, the greatest barrier to the urgency of speaking the gospel is complacency. Let me explain. Complacency can cause us to be comfortable. Discouragement can cause us to be... Discouragement can cause us to be discontented, get us off track... To the point where we really don't care as long as we're okay and our family's okay, well, whatever. The urgency of the gospel in the times that we're living in is paramount. The urgency of speaking Jesus into our world. I can't stress it enough. And the urgency also to build team as we go about doing the things that we do. Like-minded people who are passionate about serving Jesus, about making an impact in their world through their family, through their work situation, through their school, through their environment, extended family. If we speak the name of Jesus over everything, every prayer we pray, Jesus, show me what to do. Show me how to go about this. Show me your path. Give me the strategy. I want that that prophecy that is in that piece of scripture that every knee would bow, every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And one day he's coming in the clouds and every eye will see him and then everyone will know. And at that point, everyone will be on their knees. Sometimes I've been in a situation where I've been praying for someone, they've been standing and I've prayed and I've spoken Jesus over them and they've fallen on the floor. The power of the name of Jesus is unparalleled. It is unparalleled. It's amazing. He is amazing. He can do exceedingly abundantly above all we think or ask. He is just incredible. But he's supernaturally incredible. So he's above our circumstances. 
He's involved in every aspect of our life as we submit it to him. But you watch how he works when we bring Jesus into our world on every level. And I've gone right off my notes. (laughs) You know, the apostles, they shook Jerusalem. They shook their world. And they went about preaching in his name, not in their own power or authority or their intellect because they were mostly uneducated people. Such was the power of the name of Jesus. Acts 4, 13 to 18. Because of the power of the name of Jesus, that name was forbidden to be taught in, in Jerusalem. You can teach any philosophy or espouse any theory you have, but don't you preach in the name of Jesus. Why was that? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marvelled and they realised that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed a notable miracle has been done through them. That's evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak nor teach in the name of Jesus. This power in the name of Jesus. This salvation in the name of Jesus. Acts 4.12, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's so much scripture. Acts 2.21, that is. Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Romans 10, 9 to 10. I can give you these scriptures after if you want them. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him shall not be put to shame. Romans ten thirteen. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I love this. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. I could talk about this all day, but I can't. What else do we know? There's healing in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Did you ever wonder why they called the gate Beautiful? I think it's because of the beautiful things that happened there. That's just my theory, anyway. To ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go to the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him, With John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. 
Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I thee give, the old King James says, I give you, the new King James says. Mm. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, who had been lame from birth, went jumping and leaping and praising God And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And then verse 16, it says, In his name, through faith in his name, that's Jesus, he has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him the perfect soundness in the presence of you all. There's healing in the name of Jesus. Healing in the name of Jesus. We speak Jesus over sickness. We speak Jesus over infirmity. We speak Jesus over everything, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. Acts 4.10, so much scripture today. There's nothing like the word, is there? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead by him, this man stands before you whole. You see, he healed the deaf, he healed the blind, he healed the lame. He healed the mute. He healed those who were sick in their souls with depression. He set the captive free. The demon-possessed were delivered. If you do a study in the New Testament, there's 37 recorded healings and miracles of Jesus. And he did it all in three years. And they're just the ones that are recorded. There's healing in the name of Jesus. And then the scripture goes on to say, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. You see, in the power of the name of Jesus, everyone's going to know who he is, whether they confess him as Lord or confess him just as the Son of God. The whole creation will see. All things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth, the inhabitants of heaven and earth, the living and the dead, at the name of Jesus. Not at the sound of the word, but the name of Jesus. The authority of that name. Amazing. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue. as the exalted Redeemer, as Saviour, as Lord, as King of Kings, as Emmanuel, God with us, the name that is above every name, Jesus. Mm. You see this power in the name of Jesus. Power over sin, power over sickness in our spirit, in our soul, in our body. There's power to combat. There's power to go into warfare in prayer. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 5, For we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself Against the knowledge of God. We have the mind of Christ for our situation. And when we tap into his will, 
when we come into that quiet place and pray in the name of Jesus, he'll download those things we need, the strategies we need, the keys we need. And sometimes it means that you're going to be walking alone because the things that he's downloading to you are not commonly accepted. If it marries with the word, if it aligns with your spirit, if you're unsure, talk to someone that you value and respect as a spiritual mentor. Get that confirmation. It's like when Philip went down and he met the Ethiopian in the desert. And afterwards, his, his travelling mates, he, and he, he preached salvation to the Ethiopian eunuch and he got saved and he was baptised. And afterwards, the, the guys he was travelling with went back up to Jerusalem and said, come with us, Philip. And he said, no, because the Spirit of God came on him and said, I want you to go to Gaza. And in those times, Gaza was a place of ruin. I heard Pastor Alan Davies speaking about this this week. It was a place of desolation, a place of ruin. And sometimes when the Spirit of God comes on you, he'll draw you away to a place where you feel quite isolated and you see destruction and you see desolation. And yet you may be the answer for the prayers of those that have been prayed in that place. You may be God's answer. So don't be afraid to go in the name of Jesus and speak Jesus into that situation. Don't feel like you have to have companions to do what you're doing when God asks you to do something. You see, Philip went down there and there were conversions and it was the opening of the gospel in that area. One man who didn't follow public opinion and didn't stay with his friends but stepped out in God and said, even though I see desolation, I see destruction, I see a place of solitary loneliness, I'm going to follow the word of God. I'm going to walk in what God shows me to do. That really spoke to me. You see, there's power in the name of Jesus in whatever God calls you to do, he equips you to do. Whatever God speaks into your heart, he makes a way even if it is in a place that looks like a desert. Jesus, just the mention of your name. Flowers bloom, the desert flows again or something. I can't remember the word, but that, that's the words of the song that kept coming back to me, no matter what's happening in your world. The mention of the name of Jesus has the power to revolutionise and transform the world that you're in for him. In the name of Jesus. Demons bow. You see, we are surrounded by a lot of hostility as the church of Jesus Christ. doesn't matter what you talk about as long as you don't talk about Jesus. In a secular society, the one thing we need to be talking about is how God can make a difference in every world. Yeah? creating light from darkness. You see, when we bring Jesus into a situation that's very dark, like when you put a light on in a room, the darkness goes. Where does it go? It doesn't matter. It's not there anymore. It's like speaking Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Mm. 
There's power to do all the things that God's commanded us to do. Mark chapter 16, he who believes and is baptised will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons and they will drink. In my name, they will cast out demons. I've got a typo. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And that doesn't mean go out and pick up a snake and see how you go. It's not literal, but it is. It's demonstrating the power that the name of Jesus has when he calls you to do something. And you see, it's it depends upon our fellowship with God. We have fellowship with God, the Father, in the name of, the Jesus, of Jesus and by faith in Jesus. And then the power of the Holy Spirit equips us to do it so that we're not doing it alone. And why do we do that? Come back to our main phrase, to make the main thing the main thing. To reach our world with the gospel of Jesus to reach our world with the hope that he brings, for salvation to come to the multitude, that we would bear fruit as we pray and do in Jesus' name. The signs and wonders will follow the preaching of the word. You see, no demon power on earth can stand in the name, before the name of Jesus and a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, word-immersed, faith-filled believer can speak the name of Jesus over every circumstance and the darkness must go. Why? Because he is the risen Lord. And when we're in fellowship with him, when we're filled with his spirit, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. To live in his victory, to see with his eyes, We've got to see the need. We've got to hear the cry. We've got to be his hands and his feet to go and to do. But you see, if we're not in fellowship, if we're not in his word, if we're not in prayer, if we're out of fellowship with God, the result's different. And we see also that in Acts chapter 19, the sons of Sceva... They weren't in fellowship with God. Let me read it to you. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, In the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, the Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know. And Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and empowered them, overpowered them all. And he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. You see, if we are not in fellowship with God, the result might be far different from when we are when we're filled with Jesus, when we're filled with his spirit, when we're walking in his spirit, when we're in his word, when we're praying. If we lose the depth of our connection with God by walking away, by being lukewarm, we make our walk ineffective. We're not bearing fruit. 
You see, we can't afford to take a negative attitude towards our circumstances. Because if we do, it can affect our attitude. And we can lose the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is awesome reverence for him and how he is so wonderful. But if we, we lose our passion for Jesus, we lose the fear of the Lord. And then we're not able to say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Because we're not relying on, trusting in, adhering to and walking in the power of his spirit. You see, if my, I find if my spiritual initiative is low, I can't confidently say greater is he than is in me than he was in the world if I'm feeling flat or down it knocks our confidence doesn't it so we encourage ourselves in the Lord we encourage each other in the word we encourage each other by holding each other's arms up by praying for each other We encourage ourselves when we're on our own by saying, God, you are good. God, you are good. God, you are good. God, you are good. And as we say it out loud, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. God is good. And the more we say it, the more we hear it, the more we believe it. And we are encouraging ourselves with a simple simple phrase like that. When we're feeling flat, God, you are good. God, I trust you. God, you are good. I trust you. I know your plan is good. God, you are wonderful. God, you are perfect. And I'm not. But Christ in me is able to accomplish whatever you want it to. Amen? Just me? (laughs) Choose this day I'm going to agree with the word of God, what the word of God says. I'm going to identify with God in every level. I'm going to accept his plan and purpose for me. Whether it's going to cost me big or little, I don't care. Come to a place where You feel like it doesn't matter whatever happens as long as I'm pleasing my God. I don't want to please man. I don't want to please woman. I don't want to, I want to please my dog a little bit. (laughs) But I want to please my God in everything. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live but Christ lives in me and the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and loves me and gave himself for me. Make it personal, people. Make it personal. That we might make a difference in our world for him. That the world of fear and desperation and uncertainty, we can be God's answer that as they're seeking, they will find. As they're knocking, God's going to answer to them and open to them. Know that Jesus is Saviour and Lord in everything. Look at the person next to you and say, you're God's solution for your world.
because you are. Scott, you can say that to me if you like. (laughs) Let's pray. Let's make the main thing the main thing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you in this house that your word's truth. Father, I thank you. Lord, you've given us the name of Jesus, that we can have confidence in the name of Jesus that we can walk in the humility that is ours in him, that we can walk in the power of Jesus' name, that we can walk, Lord God, knowing the authority of the name of Jesus, knowing the salvation that is in no other name but in the name of Jesus. We know, Father God, that as you give us your spirit, Lord God, you equip us, you draw us closer. Father, I pray today that we would have fresh revelation of the power of the name of Jesus, the purpose of knowing his name and calling upon him, that we can impact our world with the hope that is Jesus. We speak Jesus into every situation in our lives. We speak Jesus over the sin in our lives, over the the sickness in our life, over the the calamities that have happened, over the things that have caused us to walk away, be discouraged. We speak Jesus over it. We, We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would impact our hearts and our souls today. And Lord, light a fire in our hearts that will not go out as we speak Jesus over our world our circumstances over ourselves, our families. And Lord God, we pray today that there would be an impact from the word that goes forth in every heart and through every mouth today, Lord God. We pray for a reaping of souls into the kingdom. Lord God, as time is becoming short, we thank you, Father, that there is an urgency in the hour. And Father, we pray off complacency. And Father, we pray, Lord God, just equip us with what we need to do in the times that we're living in, Father God. We want to walk in your purpose. We want to have the passion, the passion to serve you with all our hearts and our souls and our mind and our strength. And Lord, we thank you that as we do that, you will give us victory in Jesus' name, in the timing that God has for each and every one of us. We commit this all into your hands, in the precious, the powerful, the wonderful name It is above every name, the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. Or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. 